This is the Wonder and Welcome podcast. A conversation about parenting and following Jesus. My name is Shannon and my husband is Seth. I'm so glad you joined us today. So the whole idea behind this podcast, we've been dreaming about this for a while, wanting to have conversations that would encourage parents. We have a number of parents with young kids in our church family, and we know how much we needed encouragement and conversation around the ideas of parenting, discipling a family, following Jesus together. And we also have a lot of amazing friends who are parents, have been parents, are further along than us. And so the idea of introducing those people to you all is uh, is pretty exciting for us. And so that's kind of why we wanted to put this whole thing together. Yeah, and we had quite a few people who have been an encouragement to us, and we realize we can pass some of that on, but then we also are in continuous need of inspiration and encouragement ourselves and also continuing to reflect on what are we doing? What is the purpose of what we're doing the day in and day out? Where is it build? Where is the building? Where is it going? Uh, and this is an opportunity for us to continue to envision ourselves as well as others as we follow Jesus. So let's start with a little bit of background about who we are. Uh, so Seth and Shannon Hine, we have Four wonderful kids, ages 13 down to ages seven, two girls and two boys. Uh, we live in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. I'm the pastor of one of the locations of Jubilee Church here at Lake of the Ozarks, and I'm also bivocational, uh, computer programmer by trade. And I am a homemaker, and I have been at home without an outside employment since our oldest was born. Um, and then these last seven years, we have been homeschooling. So I help uh, facilitate and lead a local homeschooling community. So wonder and welcome. Where where did this title come from? Uh, I, was, I was reading G.K. Chesterton's Orthodoxy, uh, which was just a wonderful book. And near the beginning, he starts off with this idea, uh, or this analogy really describing, uh, Christianity, describing what Jesus has done, like an explorer who sails off the coast of England to find a new land and lands in what he thinks is a brand new world. And then discovers is Brighton pier on the South of England. And he said, uh, Christianity inspires these two emotions, or at least inspired in him, these two emotions of wonder and welcome. Uh, so wonder being the adventure, the new, the exploration, the discovery, and the, the delight and surprise. And welcome, uh, kind of an opposite emotion of home and trust and belonging and safety. And uh, Chesterton goes on to explain how all humans need these two things. We all need wonder and we all need welcome. And uh, as as Shannon and I talked over that, discussed those ideas, uh, we thought those are what we want for our family. That's what we want for our kids. And uh, that's what we want for all of you. 
all our friends who are parents, raising kids, uh, building families, and uh, everyone listening. Yeah, and similarly, that is what God does with with us and for us, that he uh, is awesome. And as we fix our mind on him, it just we can grow in wonder and awe of him. And also at the same time, the more we know of him, the more we know his welcome and his care that we that we feel that place of belonging and, and being with him. Yeah. So we thought today we would talk about uh, a couple things, uh, a couple rhythms that we have in our family that we feel like encourage wonder, a couple things that encourage welcome. Uh, and then also on the flip side, share a couple a uh, couple things, a couple situations we've learned the hard way that squash wonder and that squash welcome. So, um, Shan, how about for wonder first? What are what are some things that come to mind for our family that you feel like really encourage uh, this wonder, this sense of adventure or fun or creativity? I think one of the favorite things that I have is that kids really are naturally curious and interested and they see wonder in all around them. Like when you try to go for a walk with a toddler, you think we're going for a walk, but no, we're going to stop and study a stick and a stone and, uh, mm-hmm. and like, Oh, look, a butterfly. And and they will just be in awe of all these things. So it's not a very effective walk, but it is an exercise in growing in wonder and, and taking the time to pause with our kids and be like, yeah, that butterfly really is beautiful. How long has it been since I stopped and look at a butterfly? Um, Maybe that, I mean, it's making, you have to make space for it though. Mm -hmm. So if you go on a walk and you're in a hurry, Mm -hmm. there won't be any space for the, the child to explore or to enjoy or to pause and, and look at a rock, look at a blade of grass or a leaf. Yep. Yeah. If you're going for efficiency on a walk or calorie burning, yeah, you got to put the kid in the stroller and make some time. But if you're going for enjoyment and being together holding holding space and patience and time for for the things that they'll notice when they're young yeah wonder isn't very efficient curiosity isn't very efficient in the short term anyway yeah and going on from that as our kids have gotten older they have they still have a variety of interests most kids are interested in many things um some of them will get fascinated on one specific topic, trains or dinosaurs or cars. Uh, but a lot of them have a variety of interests. So creating space for them to look into those. I mean, for us, that involves a lot of like going to the library. Just listening to what the kid is interested in, even if it doesn't necessarily interest us, uh, which is and maybe that's also a a thing I'm sure I've squashed curiosity sometimes when I'm just finished a long day of working and, uh, you know, maybe one of my sons comes up to me like all excited to tell me all the intricate details. And I'm thinking of the Lego creation, the very detailed Lego creation that's been very well thought out. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, ah, I'm not, I can't handle this right now. I have squashed some creativity that way. That's for sure. Yeah. Someone said years ago, they said, always listen to the things that your kids want to tell you because then when they're older and it's really important, they'll still be talking to you because to them, it's always been important. 
something to the effect of that. And it was, it, it really challenged me because I, I saw the Lego creations and the, the, the things that they would bring me and want to tell me all about. And it just seems like, I don't really need to know all this, but expressing interest in that, um, or at least listening patiently, <laughs> um, helps cultivate some of the wonder with them and acknowledge the creativity that's going on inside them. Yeah. So just making space. I think we've also made space in our family uh, through enjoying books, lots of reading, uh, something that Shannon and I do. And um, as the kids have gotten older, uh, you used to remember family book time at the very beginning, you would. Oh, my word. Can we five minutes? Can we put five minutes on the timer and everybody enjoy a book for five minutes without talking or questions, interruptions? It took years to make it to the five year mark. It felt like multiple, many, many times. And then we worked up to 10 minutes. So like, okay, for 10 minutes. And yeah, eventually we made it, but it it took a while. Yeah. At some point, I'm not exactly sure when we crossed over the line, but now most mornings, uh, oftentimes before breakfast, uh, a majority of the kids will be in the living room with blankets and books uh, reading looking at something. I was telling our nine-year-old the other day that Frederick Douglass said, once you're able to read, you're forever free. And she thought about it for a second and said, I disagree with that. There are different kinds of slavery. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. But we have found a lot of cultivating wonder uh, through reading and being interested in, in things they can learn that way. All right. Uh, so we talked some about wonder. What about welcome? How How are ways that we've cultivated welcome in our family. Something that was big in my family growing up was to always greet someone when they arrived back from being gone. And we have carried that on into our family, the way we greet each other when we've been gone and are returning, even if it's we've been playing outside for a couple hours and the kids come in, just how we greet and acknowledge when someone enters the room sets a tone for how we're going to have the next chunk of time together. And, and, um, I've heard it said that the most important nine minutes of a child's day are the first three minutes they're awake, the first three minutes when they get home from school, and the last three minutes before bed as they're getting tucked in. And the encouragement in the article I read or whatever, it was just saying, you know, capitalize on those nine minutes. Um, Just thinking first thing in the morning when a kid wakes up, um, how they will start their day, how they are greeted. Uh, matters and we'll set set that tone for the next you know getting ready for for school or for whatever they have going on um if they go to school outside the house like when they get back those first few minutes uh, that is a prime time for encouraging welcome and um, setting their tone for their evening and then going to bed uh, getting tucked in whatever your bedtime routines are uh, we've found for us that our kids love to tell us things right before bed, but then they also have kind of developed their own little rituals of things that they want us to do. We always pray with them, but then they have just little things they always want. Um, so doing those with them, and it's it's our special tuck in or good night, and that is felt significant. Yeah, I think you're better than I am at the morning stuff. I'm. I don't. Um, I need like an hour of being by myself and quiet in the morning before I'm uh, pleasant to be around. But uh, when when the kids 
wake up. I think early on, as soon as they could read numbers, we taught them, okay, uh, once it's seven o'clock, you can come out of your room. So if, if they wake up early for some reason, they can play in the room. They can, uh, again, look at books or do something in the room. But uh, at seven, they can come out. And, and now mostly they sleep close mm-hmm. to seven. Um, but first thing, I'm already downstairs with uh, tea or coffee and you're, uh, I've made you coffee. Mm-hmm. And so the kids come into our room, you're upstairs in our room and uh, morning snuggles are yeah. huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. That came, morning snuggles kind of were birthed out of a, out of a welcome fail on my part, <clears throat> realizing that one of our kids, when they were in a particularly intense season, I found myself when I would hear that child waking up, I I would kind of groan inwardly just with kind of a, oh, here we go. Um, And it wasn't good. (laughs) It didn't set off our day on a good tone. But uh, one morning when that that child got up, came in, came into my room, I just said, here, climb up on my lap. And we sat there and we snuggled for a few minutes. And I, I don't think it made the intense season any less intense, but it did give birth to starting every morning with a few minutes of snuggling. Uh, so then the other kids has started coming in and we'll kind of rotate through and I'll be there in, in our room in my chair and snuggle with each of them and ask them if they had any dreams, you know, just talk with them for a few minutes on, on busy mornings. That's harder to do. Um, but we're fortunate that our, our, our rhythm gives us some leeway in the mornings and some flexibility. Um, but yeah, the morning snuggles has been been key. And for me, that's kind of my been my my checkpoint to pray for my kids and, and just think about what they have going on that day, um, what things are, are we can see growing and changing inside them and, and just pray for them and that um, I'll serve them well that day. It's been very helpful to start that day out praying for them. It's interesting thinking about both wonder and welcome that it's a, it's a heart attitude. It's a, it's a posture and not, not so, it's not so much what you do, but it's, it's an outlook. And, um, so as we've, as we've been thinking through, okay, what, what are the family rhythms? Um, I mean, you have to, you have to make space for it. Um, but it's not, just doing these things doesn't produce wonder or welcome. It's both of those things are there. I suppose maybe they're in all of us uh, or started off in all of us at some point, just being learning about the world, being curious. Uh, I mean, all kids are curious and then welcome wanting to belong, wanting to feel safe uh, that desire is in all of us caring about other people that are closest to you. Um, so yeah, may, maybe it is more about. More like a feeling like the feeling in the atmosphere. What is that John Maxwell quote? Something about people don't care what you know. Until they know how much you care. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. um yeah, I guess just making space for it and avoiding the pitfalls and with welcome, uh, making sure relationship is a priority. And so if there's 
arguments, if there's um, misunderstandings, not just ignoring that, but trying to have a conversation to understand, trying to get past the hurt feelings to communicate, hey, I actually care about you. I, I love you. And not just, I don't just care about you because you make my life easier. I don't just care about you when you're not difficult or causing trouble, but I, I care about you, all of you, um, the, the difficult feelings and the good feelings and, um, just needing, uh, needing to come, uh, with grace, uh, that I, I think the foundation of grace is what allows us to be welcoming to each other. Uh, allows us to be welcoming to ourselves as well. And, uh, so just not, not settling for good enough on the surface. How, what are some ways that we've squashed the welcome? I think busyness is the, is, it might be the squash for both wonder and welcome in general, because the the checklist of this needs to happen, this needs to happen, how how tempting it is to see that as the ultimate. And then when there's there's curiosity or wow, look at that fall tree. It's so pretty. It's like we're too busy to stop and notice it with them. And then likewise, when we're busy, uh, we miss the moments of wonder or of welcoming them. Yeah, n neither of these things are particularly convenient or efficient. I think I said that earlier. Mm -hmm. Um and many times the opportunities uh in parenting come at the most inopportune moments. It That's feels true. like That's true. Mm -hmm. Where there's either um uh, a disagreement, an argument, uh some strife and it's already past bedtime and all I want to do is be in my bed sound asleep um or it's you know five minutes before we've got to hop in the car and head out the door and we're still getting things together and an opportunity comes up and it doesn't feel like an opportunity it feels like a real inconvenience is what yeah. it feels like yeah mm -hmm. but though those are the moments uh when we when we have an opportunity to display what is the most important thing to us are are these children important enough to have a conversation or at least to say hey well we need to do this but i want to come back to this because this is important you're important to me um or or do we just ignore it or fly up the handle get upset try to over control the situation um i'm i'm guilty of lots of those things yeah i think in those moments realizing it's like this isn't my plan for right now, but it is an opportunity provided by God and his plan for right now might be different than my plan for right now. And whose plan really should win out? Probably his. And long-term when we, when we think long-term and keep the end in mind, it helps in this short term in those moments that comes where it's like, this is really inconvenient to do this now when I take a moment to think of how I want my kids to treat others, how I want them to grow and change the person that I want them to grow into, it makes seizing those opportunities seem more important than getting in the car on the right, at the right time or um, getting through whatever my checklist was. 
What's that uh, C.S. Lewis quote we have hanging on our wall? Oh, yeah. It's um, children are not distractions from more important work. They are the most important work. Yeah. So good. Don't always feel that way, but it really is true. Yeah. Like the most significant thing we're doing right now is raising them. It's not short-term gains. It's long-term. They're, they are, they will last beyond us. They will impact others that we can't impact. They will go further than we can go. And so when we, when we pour into them and serve them and love them and shape and mold them, uh, how, whatever we do in their lives, whether for good or for ill, is going to be multiplied and amplified to those that they cross paths with. And, um, that's a, that is an amazing gift and a sobering responsibility. Yeah. Several times I've thought, how do I want my kids to treat my grandkids? Like I would like my grandkids to have kind parents. So kind of imagining like, okay, I don't feel like responding graciously right now, but I'd like to respond how I would like my daughters to mother their kids. That helps. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been encouraging, inspiring, helpful. Uh, we, we definitely don't have all the answers. We're on this journey, but it's something that uh, Jesus is, he's on the journey with us. He provides uh, wonder and welcome for us to enjoy. And uh, so we're, we want to pass on what he's done for us to our kids and to others. Oh, hey, I just remembered the actual quote that I was trying to quote earlier, but I don't remember who said it. But that something to the effect of, they won't remember what you say, but they will remember how you made them feel. Hmm. Speaking of quotes, we have one to share with you. Oh, yeah. And I actually know the source for this one. So for fun, we want to end each episode with something from the Hein family quote board. Uh, so... Uh, for those who have ever visited our house throughout the years, we have a whiteboard uh, by the dinner table. And we write down any silly, ridiculous, off-the-wall thing, usually out of context. Uh, if it gets said in our house, we will write it down on the, on the whiteboard and then save the pictures. Once it fills up, we take pictures, we save them. And uh, so we thought it'd be fun to share with all of you uh, a random out of context quote from the Hind family quote board. So Shannon, which one did you pick? All right. This was from February of 2020. It was our eldest. She said, God is literally a know-it-all, but not in an annoying way. There you go. Thanks for listening. We're excited to uh, share more, to have more discussions. We'll have uh, some guests in the future, uh, people who have encouraged uh, built into us, encouraged us on our parenting journey. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us.